Hello and welcome back to another episode of In the Can Podcast. As always, I'm Devin and I'm with James and Tom. And this is our weekly breakdown, uh, what we've seen this week for, I think it's December, what, 22nd today? Yep, today is oh, December man. 22nd. Oh, yeah. Boy. Yeah. So, uh, since none of you are going to see us, uh, happy Christmas and probably New Year by the time we get around. Happy to Christmas. Next. Happy Christmas. Merry New Year. Happy Christmas, Harry. Right. That threw me <laughs> off so bad when I first saw it. Me too. That now I say happy. that all the time. It's yeah. Merry Christmas, you heathens. Eh, I already said it. That's not good. Anyway, so uh, this is our kind of breakdown of what we've seen over the past week. We all saw Star Wars. We're going to save that to the end. Yep. Um, we probably all got opinions on that one. Going to try to avoid spoilers. <laughs> uh, but if you haven't gone and seen the movie, go see the movie and then listen to it just to be safe. So we'll save off on that. Um, I'm going to stick with the Heathens uh, theme that we're starting, and I'm going to talk about my movies real quick. Uh, I saw Two Popes. <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> Hang on a minute. Yeah. yeah. I saw Two Popes starring um, Jonathan Price as Pope Francis and Anthony Hopkins as Pope Benedict. I think it's the 16th, something like that. Uh, this is the kind of takes place during the point when, in 2013, I believe, um, Pope Benedict is resigning, and it's ultimately Pope Francis is the one that takes over as Pope. But Carl Ratzinger? Uh, yeah. That is Benedict. That's Benedict? I can, I can never Benedict. remember that. Yeah. I knew he was around then, that time, but I couldn't remember who yeah. he was. And then Bergoglio, I think, is Francis's real name. I think. Like that. It's I want to say. Bergoglio, Bergoglio. It, it makes I'm a lapsed Catholic, so I couldn't tell you. It, yeah. it, it makes me sad because there's so many funnier things you could go with. There was a Pope Hilarious, first off. Did you know that? Mm-hmm. There was yeah. a Pope Hilarious. Second off, they, I can't remember which Pope it was, but there was a Pope who had something called the Banquet of the Chestnuts. And we're never going to see something about that, yeah. which makes me there's sad. There's been 200 and something Popes, and I'm like, wow, that's gone for a while. Wow, okay. And yeah. they usually all serve until they die, so what made Benedict kind of different is because of all the scandal that popped up around the church he backed off and he resigned mm-hmm. also he was old he was like 90 something oh that means nothing he's still 90 something but he's still um, alive i believe he's still alive i think so wow that's actually showing at the end of the movie the the real ones but maybe um, he got tired of being used as a puppet by real people because yeah. he's so old he has trouble moving on his own okay okay yeah. we're gonna stop that <laughs> so what's so, uh, think, Devin? well I'm going to tell you, the whole movie is just the two of them. Um, there's other people here and there. You see other cardinals and bishops. But for the most part, it's just the two of them sitting and talking. And it was fascinating. It just the, Because Benedict is very... Anthony Hopkins' character is very, very like conservative and like trying to preserve the old ways of the church. And Pope Francis is very much like, no, we should teach tolerance and mercy and you know be a bit more progressive with our teachings and you know, we shouldn't persecute everybody just because they made one bad decision 10 years ago. Or as Benedict is, no, you have to follow the world's, the Lord's words. And I'm gonna it's the two of them and their conflicting ideologies. And, and as an atheist and as an agnostic, I'm like, that is, this is just fascinating to see. And Well, well that kind of highlights the fact that even in something as, I guess you could say, singular consciousness as most people take the big religions as, there is so many varying degrees of belief and yeah. values. It yeah. is it is a giant umbrella from which there are uh, under which there are so many different opinions. Yeah, and I absolutely I absolutely love this movie, honestly. And it's a very odd one for me to like, 
but the two of them single-handedly carry this movie. Um, That's why they got the big names. Yeah. And Jonathan Price isn't... For anyone who doesn't know Jonathan Price, he was in Pirates of the Caribbean as Elizabeth Spawn's father. Um, That's Jonathan Price. I knew I recognized that Uh, name. And then Anthony Hopkins is obviously Hannibal Lecter. But the two of them just single-handedly carry this movie, and it's all... That's unsurprising. Just absolutely fascinating their their takes on various things and how like pope francis would wear just normal shoes and benedict was like super like no you have to wear these particular shoes you can't sit in this particular style because it's not the lord's way and it's just this really fascinating character study about these two characters that i don't feel like i've ever seen a movie on oh so it's kind of it's uh Please correct me if I'm if I'm a little off base, but it kind of sounds like someone who's following the letter of the uh, of the, the Lord's word versus someone who's following the spirit of it. Yeah, exactly. That's um, what that's very much what you like. You yeah. can only do exactly what's written down in the Bible versus this is what I think the interpretation of as such guide is guiding me down this road, sort of thing. Yeah, and they both they both actually quote various parts of the Bible, like, but what about this part and. You know, like we need to teach tolerance, and we need to update to modern. Listen to them. We're in a different time. And then one actually points out that stuff didn't pop up into the Bible until 500 years later. Ooh, like that's points that out, and that's of course Francis, who points that out to Benedict, who just doesn't want to hear it. And like, and then you get a really good scene with uh, Benedict admitting to knowing about some of the scandals and not telling anybody. Because it would break the the morale of the church, it would break the faith in the church, and all that. What it and, sounds what it, it sounds like yeah. is that it's showing both sides of those arguments without painting either as the villain. Yeah, which you, is you, which is where you get that wonderful morality of of humanity, which is yeah. which is what I always find interesting. So I had to might want to check this yeah, one out. It's it's on Netflix, and it's one that I I knew about, and I wanted to watch for our our main topic this week, which is like. Oscar predictions and what we think best of the year and that kind of talking, stuff. Talking about that stuff and before the the end of the year slash the actual lists for the Oscars. Yeah, and I I wanted to kind of touch see if I could touch on some of these that have really good acting because so I realized that's where I was kind of lacking. So my the first two that I watched are particularly for the actors, and this one this this was great. Uh, it's not one that I'd like recommend everybody. It's it's a very niche topic with the two popes and all that, but. It's just really fascinating, and I really religion enjoy. is a niche topic. Isn't that hilarious? It, you don't really like want to say, yeah, it's a, it's a movie about two popes. Yeah, nobody's going to go and see that because of that. But the acting is great. the The cinematography is nothing special, but it doesn't need to be, does it? No, it it almost feels like they're you're just watching a very interesting continued interview between two interesting people. And uh, personally, if Jonathan Price gets an um, Gets an Oscar nomination, I wouldn't be surprised. He was great. And it's like, like his what? confliction about, you know, this is this is our Pope. I should be listening to him, but he's wrong. I believe he's wrong, kind of. Thing. It's so. like watching Aristotle and Socrates debate. Yeah, pretty much. It's that kind of thing. It's it's really fascinating. Just watch it. Yeah. So I really enjoyed that. Um, I also watched Marriage Story, uh, starring. Scarlett Johansson as Nicole and Adam Driver as Charlie. I I I will admit I don't know a damn thing about this movie. This is one that I've I've been seeing popping up as like a, a front runner for the two acting the best actor and actress. And I'm like, okay, I'll I'll give it a shot. Um 
Uh, Adam Driver obviously was just in Star Wars, but I'm like, cool. Let's. I'm curious to see what else he can do because I've seen him in Boys and I've seen him in a few other things, and he's good. It's just never anything amazing. So hearing him as a front runner, I'm like, whoa, hey, this so, must, be, yeah, yeah, must be something special then. So the idea of this movie is they are a married couple that have been married for about ten years. Okay. They have an eight year old son named Henry. The two of them at the beginning of the movie have split. They're not divorced yet, but they're kind of separated. They're separated and they've just gravitated away from each other. As much as it sucked, it happens. Yeah. Right. That's and humanity. Yeah. But ultimately it's the story of them. Initially, she moves back to California to pursue being an actress in a new show that she was just cast in. He stays in that New York as a hell. He stays in New York as a director of someone going on to Broadway. His show's getting brought on to Broadway. Okay. So wow. two of them are good, and but they're just going in different directions. Okay. And you know and what? They recognized it. That's that's kind of like half the battle right there, yeah. realizing that, no, we, this is not going to work. Yeah. And he doesn't quite understand why she wants to go back, because he's not, he doesn't, he doesn't really see past his own ideas. He's not, he's not like super personable when it comes to other people. And she just says yes to everything. Like as a social butterfly, like, yeah, I can do that or whatever. And she never really thinks for herself. Oh, so busybody. And no, like he's the busybody. He's always doing something. She's the one that goes with whatever else anyone else's plan is. And oh, then okay. eventually she decides, she realizes she's never done anything for herself. And that's kind of where it kicks off the story is she wanting to go and to pursue this act acting that she used to be in like bad comedies back in the nineties. And now she wants to go and do, go back, to, go back to California, do her thing. He wants to stay in New York and do his thing. What do they do with the kid? Where does the kid go? That's the part that sucks. The Obviously, most. the kid would go with the mom in the beginning, but then decides, okay, maybe I should get a lawyer or something just to make sure everything's about board. And Laura Dern comes in as the lawyer and is really nice and really like peppy and all this, but then holy crap turns the screws on him. And just all of a sudden, like she is just twisting him. And he gets a lawyer, and like it just kind of starts snowballing between the two. But uh, Laura Dern is the one that starts turning the screws because all the way through she's like, "No, he wouldn't do that. I don't want that. I fifty-fifty. That's that's good. I have nothing against him. It's just we're separate. We're in different places." And then he gets a lawyer, and immediately like, "No, you're going to need to do this. She's going to do this to you." No, no, she she's not that kind of person. She'd never do that to me. And it's the story of the two of them that still very much love each other, still very much are very friendly with each other, slowly drifting apart because these lawyers are just starting to take control of them and starting to run their own narrative. Oh, and crap. the lawyers are the ones that are throwing out that she drinks alcohol. And he's like, they're some of the best. We'll get into this in our next episode because I'm guaranteeing you right now, I will mention this twice in my What, what, what Should Win Oscars because that's, holy crap. That's messed up. You know, and the worst part is that's not uncommon either. Yeah. That's probably the worst part is the fact that that is not uncommon. And one of the best lines, and it's currently the line that's going to be said on the screen in the other room, is Alan Alda plays his first uh, his first lawyer. Hey, Mash. And Alan Alda's like rattling off this dumb, long, rambling uh, joke. And Adam Driver just says, okay, uh, can I stop you? Am I paying for this joke? <laughs> and you never see Alan Alda again in the movie. But then he brings in Ray Liotta. And if you know anything about Ray Liotta, 
Yep. Yeah, he just said the line. Yeah. <laughs> and you never see him again. <laughs> but then there's a scene between the two of them where they finally air their grievances with each other because they've been kind of that that sad, happy, and like they're like bittersweet kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, they're fine with each other, but they finally dig into each other. Like, this is what I have wrong with you. This is your problem. Don't you... I, I am nothing like my father, and it just... Is it that scene that I talked about earlier? Um, when we were off mic? Yes. Okay. Uh, the two of them... Where they're arguing in that place. Yeah. The two of them finally, finally airing their grievances. Oh, communicating. And it just snowballs. And you realize these two are... These two are some of the best actors in Hollywood. They've just been stuck in Disney properties. Like these two, Scott Johansson and Adam Driver, are great actors when they're given the right content. And this scene fully, fully says that. So prior to this, having seen samples of both their acting, mm-hmm. one of my favorite movies that you never actually see Scarlett Johansson in, but you hear her acting. Jungle Book. Her. Oh, yeah. Thought she did a phenomenal job with that role, mm-hmm. considering that there was so much emotion there, but you never physically see her. Um, and then, as far as Adam Driver goes, this is where I leave you. Oh, man, I forgot about that movie. movie came out in 2014. Uh, he's one of several children whose father passes away, mm-hmm. and they have to um, observe the... Uh, I forget the name of it. Uh, the Jewish rite where they have where the family sits and grieves together for like a week after somebody passes. Yeah, I've um, seen the movie when it. I think I saw it in theaters. I haven't seen it since. Yeah, and it's just filled with so many actors and actresses in that film. And Adam Driver plays the youngest and the most childish of all of them, even though they're all pretty childlike in the way they act throughout the movie. But. There are times when he comes through and it's absolutely amazing what he's portraying, even though he's portraying this childlike, childish mentality as a grown-up, like a grown-up that never really grew up. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. We'll um, get in we'll get into Adam Driver a little yeah, bit. Yeah, like I fully agree. Like yeah. they're amazing. Yeah. Yeah, he's an amazing actor when he's given the right role. And I think he's he was perfectly cast in Marriage Story. I'm uh, definitely going to have to see this. This is on Netflix? Yeah. Not brought to you by Netflix, by the way. Yeah. Uh, I just realized that the last one that's not Star Wars is also Netflix, and it's called Six Underground. Um, it's not good. Two Popes was phenomenal. Marriage Story was one of my favorites of the year. Uh, Six Underground was crap. <laughs> okay, so very, very big. Give me a one-sentence plot. Uh, Ryan Reynolds in a Michael Bay movie. It sounds like I should have a fun time. Why am I not going to have a fun time? Okay. So the first scene, <laughs> the first scene is a 20 minute long chase scene. This is directed by Michael Bay. I didn't actually think it was him until the, the they show his credit. Wow. Because the first scene is really fun. It's really fun. It's him and five people in a getaway car Ooh. or four, three other people in a getaway car. One is driving a different truck and then one's like a free runner. I'm like, this is cool. I'm enjoying this. And they're going, they're like number six, the driver and that kind of thing. And like, you get a brief. Oh, almost like Borderlands kind of. Yeah. Very much like the, you know, Moxie and zero. The title cards. Yeah. Very much like that. And then you get a brief backstory. And of course it's Ryan Reynolds doing Ryan Reynolds because he's just Ryan Reynolds now. And you have Dave Franco last all of five minutes um, as the driver. And then you have like, a few other people. Oh, nobody, sorry, sorry, I'm promising. 
nobody nobody else in the movie is noticeable. And then Driver dies. They need to replace Driver. They get a soldier. The rest of the story is just absolute, just absolute mess. We have to go and find this. We find this. We have to find this. Now this. And then Turdistan is going to bomb us. Now we have to do this. So is it turned to and a checklist? It, it's basically they're trying to take down the president of Turgistan, which is not real, um, which is next to Tajikistan, which is real. So, yay. But, why, why they do, uh, uh, but they need an Istan that they can bomb. Um, so they end up bombing the hell out of this country. They end up getting into, like, weird... The action is usually pretty fun. They, had, they turned a whole boat into a magnet. And, like, that's awesome. You can magnetize different sides of the boat so all the people are sliding around in the boat, but the the, it's like A-Team meets MacGyver meets a brain aneurysm. No, it's A-Team meets MacGyver meets a case of Red Bull. Like, this thing is... <laughs> when we get into Star Wars, I will mention how much I hated the pacing and editing of Star Wars. This was worse. Wow. This, some of the fight scenes and, some and like, some of the action scenes, amazing, great. Like, them driving away from cops and I-beams falling from something going on above them and just impaling cars or cutting cars in half or... Like a car getting flipped up and getting speared by an I-beam. That kind of stuff was awesome. That was cool. The fight with all the magnet stuff, pretty damn cool. Like the concept alone is actually yeah, really cool. Like it was it was pretty fun. They could magnetize different parts of the boat and he's throwing them up, down, back, forward. Like that was pretty cool. Yeah, that, that, that sounds inventive as well. But the editing like. was terrible. Oh. Everything like the writing is absolutely trash. The acting was Ryan Reynolds and nobody. Like the costumes were fun. Some of the costumes are fun, but the rest of the movie is just terrible. So, Two Popes was great. Marriage Story was great. Star Wars, we'll get into. And then Six Underground was absolute trash. <laughs> Not backing down on that one. It doesn't sound fun. But I still enjoyed watching the action scene. So, it's like it got a better rating than it should have. But the rest of the movie is better. <laughs> so, but yeah, that's my three movies. Uh, again, Star Wars later. Donnie, you want to go? Uh, Sure. So, the first movie, first and only movie I'm going to talk about until we come to Star Wars is Knives Out. All right, cool. I'm seeing this one tomorrow. How did you like it? I thought it was awesome. So I, I've got two recommendations from my friends. That is, awesome. I have seen it a second time since okay. the last time, and I it's still it's even better the second time because you get all the clues. Yeah. So I was watching it, and I'm going through like this checklist of like really watching as I'm going through. Uh, just as somebody who's helped out with a lot of the murder mysteries and things like that that we've had exp- exposure to, and then going back and watching this, before I went and saw it, I actually saw a clue. Because I was like, I want to see a movie that's going to like prep me for this kind of thing, because there's a lot of like hidden things that go on in that movie until the reveals. And then I'm sitting there watching this, and I'm like, okay, I remember, okay, I remember, missed that. Mi- where did that come from? Okay. Yeah. And... Meanwhile, I'm sitting there going, I kind of saw this, holy crap, okay, this is a great movie. Yeah. How they came to this conclusion is fantastic, and even though, like, parts are given to you, it, it, it's just, after it's all said and done, it, it was an, a great little adventure mystery murder, or murder mystery thing that's, you're just like, how did I, yeah. Well, sort of, I mean, would you say thriller or would you say mystery? It's a mystery. It's mystery. It's, there's never like not, a... Never like a thriller aspect. You never it. think that someone's going to get murdered. So no. The person's murdered right away. Yeah. It's not so much a whodunit. It, well, it, well it is only a whodunit. It's not so much a whodunit, but it's not a... It's not who's, who's doing, doing it. it. Yeah, okay. 
And the cool thing is, is you go along with the characters and you see them develop and you're just like... And you know what they know. Yeah. You're learning as they For learn. the most part, yeah. yeah. There's there's certain things that are given to you because I don't want to give everything away. Obviously. No, uh, yeah. Uh, again, I'm going to see this tomorrow. Right. I'm looking forward to There are certain things that are given to you right off, like most good mysteries are. Certain information just flat out given to you. And then you're playing the whole, okay, so how do we get to this point? Yeah. Okay. Well, no, no it's like... Again, I am one hundred percent looking forward to this movie to go see this movie tomorrow. I'm gonna I'm figure I'm gonna have a whale of a time. And also because like both you have said, it's like been involved with the murder mystery stuff. It'd be it's gonna be interesting from after all the, the, the years I've been doing it, from the other side, see if I can figure it out. Right. And, and I'm probably not going to and I'll be happy with that. The young lady who plays the main character for Marta. Uh, Marta Anna yeah. the Armas. She does a phenomenal job. You can see more of her in the next Bond movie. Yes, I'm looking forward to that. Oh, is she the new Double O? <laughs> no, she's the, oh, the new Bond girl. Uh, the, the blonde? Uh, she's dark hair for the new one. Uh, you see her a couple of times in the trailer, but most likely she plays more of a role later in the movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, and also seeing Chris Evans in a slightly different light than what we've seen him in the past. Yeah. Oh, is he back to, is he back to more as a jerk ass? <laughs> yep. Yeah. We, get yeah. To see more, yeah. we get to see more of the Scott Pilgrim... Chris Evans. <laughs> or Fantastic Four. Or Scott Pilgrim mixed with Fantastic Four. Yeah. Yes. Right. He does it so well. He, does. Yeah, he looks such he's such a from everything I've seen, he's such a nice he, fun guy. It reminds yeah. me of not another team movie. <gasps> yeah. That was another great one. Yeah. That yeah. was another great one. Which is you go back and it's like, that's Chris Evans, but yeah. Right. Because no. he, he plays a spoiled rich boy really well. That's good. I, I also like <laughs> this damn good spoiled rich kid. Kind of like your, yeah. what you were saying with Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson. It's like as much as I enjoy them to the, to a certain extent, a lot of the the now current like Disney stuff just they don't let them have emotional range. Yeah, and you're kind of stuck into a one care one note character. Yeah we'll, yeah, we'll get into that a little bit. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. just saying as an aside for like with yeah. Chris Evans, like it's very uh, Chris Evans is a damn good actor. Oh yeah, like the biggest one in recent memory because I haven't seen Knives Out yet is Snowpiercer. Oh yeah, that is such a departure from all the Marvel stuff, and yet he does it so good. And you know what babies taste like? <laughs> Gross. Mm. But so true for the movie. Anyways, Anderson. but that's the thing. Like this entire cast is just incredibly well put together, and everybody hits their marks without a doubt. Like I wasn't really expecting uh, Daniel Craig to be able to pull off that Southern Fog style. like horn. Yeah. When yeah. he's old school Southern gentleman. Old yeah. school Southern gentleman detective. Uh-huh. Nice. Right. Yeah. And you're just sitting there going, I didn't think you could pull this off, but you do it so well. Oh. And then I don't know who the actor is who plays the statey. The statey? The state cop. State trooper. Oh, the trooper. White uh, guy, black guy. White guy. White guy. I don't know. Uh, but <laughs> well, well, there's that's the easiest way. Black so you have like a detective. So you have an actual detective. Then you've got a state trooper. Oh, and then the fanboy. Yeah, the fanboy. And then you've yeah. got the uh, Daniel Craig, who is a private detective. So what you've got? You've got a police detective. Police you've detective, got the trooper, a state trooper who's it, who's a well dressed. They're all in suits, yeah. as they should be. Right. Versus the typical statey. Uniform, which no, is, yeah, I, I know, you know, I know what it is. A patrolman, and, and you've also got the PI, and you've got the yep. PI. Yes, there's a combination. Who is wonderfully played, like I said, God. old school noir. Yeah. yeah, old school noir mixed with KFC, mixed with like 
always chomping, literally chomping a cigar. Like it's yeah, you know, either chomping the... a cigar or fiddling with something in his hands, like that whole because he's got. Uh, a coin. I'll see. I'll yeah. see. I'll see. Oh uh, yeah. Well, the coin I... was in the commercial. Yeah, I, um, I don't watch trailers, man. Oh, fair enough. He's always like fiddling his stuff. But yeah, he's yeah. he's that he's that typical like he's working things out, so he has to have something to play with. Oh, so he's one of those, he's one of those people that does that thinks better when he's actually physically doing something. Yeah, yeah that's actually even if it's just sitting there with his cigar. That is. I love that because you can tell from the care like that's a character quirk that tells you a lot about the person. Yes, I think I'm gonna enjoy the hell out of this movie. Yeah, the 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 movie is incredibly deep, even though there are parts where you don't expect it to be as deep as it is. Yeah. So basically, what you're saying is that if I don't like it, there's something really off. Right. Ryan Johnson knocked it out of the park again with this movie. Don't be like a lot of people on the internet and go, uh, "Ryan Johnson ruined my Star Wars, so I need I need to hate this movie." Don't be that kind of dick. No. I, I've said before. I think I think he did an absolute piss job with Last Jedi. I also don't think that that was entirely his fault. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I think he had the right motivation to to not do the same thing again. On the other hand, I will also yeah. I will also say that the way he handled the criticism made him look like a giant dick. He basically blamed the fans. That's not a good way to have a, a lasting job. I'm going to say I don't I don't fully blame him there. I don't no, no I don't but, fully blame yeah. him, but I'm saying that the way he handled it yeah. wasn't the best he could have done. No, and that's that's so no I'm I'm I always love that kind of I love the thrill I love mysteries I love thrillers I love people trying to figure out the motivations of other people. So basically, it says to me that I'm going to come out of the movie tomorrow having had a whale of a time. Yes, <laughs> and. Uh, Another thing that I have to put this out there, because you mentioned how we handled the fan thing, and the only reason why I'm bringing this up is because, unfortunately, regardless of how people are as people, it shouldn't detract from how, how talented they are. And to a is, certain extent. To, to an extent. extent. But, like... I can, agree, I can agree with what you're saying on this one, though. For, yeah. like, you murder somebody, sure, let's detract from how talented you are, because you don't deserve the praise that you get. Roman Polanski. However... However... At the same time, like if you have a bad reaction to something to how you're treated because of, or because of what's said by fans about something that you've done, whatever I'm not you still have an entire catalog of other things that you've worked on which speaks to your talent. And the th- that's the thing is I, I I I haven't seen all the other ones like Brick and all that sort of stuff. I highly not, recommend. I knew you were going to say it, but it's like I haven't seen all that. And honestly, I'm not attached to the new Star Wars. I, I, I'm not really attached to most of Star Wars, if I'm going to be perfectly honest. So I didn't get the whole thing. The everyone was at fault. Everyone was at fault well, for the reactions. We'll but yeah, more of Star Wars here. No, I'm bit. I'm more than willing to give this a chance because it sounds like everything I would love in a mystery movie. It sounds like it's, it sounds like it's going to be one of my favorite mystery movies, if not since Clue. Yeah, and we all know that we're all big fans of Clue. So I mean, yeah. Well, to an extent, to an extent. I like Clue, but it's not one of my favorites. So. No, but I mean, it's something that you definitely watch again. I'm sure it's not if something you immediately turn around. If it's on in the background and I don't have anything else I want to watch, yeah, probably. you're not going to immediately turn it. No, yeah, no, but no, that sounds really cool. And yeah. like you said, the only other one you saw was, was Star Wars. Star Wars, and we'll get to that once I'm finished with mine because I've uh, like Tom. I've only seen the two. I saw Star Wars. I actually saw it opening night. I got out. Same here. I got out of work early and was able to catch. I was able to catch an early showing, and I was really happy for that because then I didn't have to get up at nine in the morning. 
By the way, for those of you who are my friends who might listen to this at some point or another, I apologize for not inviting you to come see the movie with me. I didn't know that I was going to see it until last minute anyways. So I sorry. ran into the people he went with, and I'm like, what? Tom's coming. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and that was a very like last minute thing. So Yeah. Considering you didn't think we were going to be able to say, see it last week, I'm glad yeah, you were. I wasn't sure, and then I found out just how open the theaters were uh, where I happened to work. And I was like, oh, past 10 o'clock, there's like nobody in those th- in those theaters. I went to the 6 o'clock opening show. Yep. When I got my tickets, there was 84% availability in the largest house we had. But that's because everybody else was going to see it in a special edition, whether IMAX or Dolby. Oh, I was seeing it standard. just regular standard. Thank you, everybody, because I don't need standard or anything other than standard since I'm going to see it later on anyways. Smart choice, smart man. Now, the other, the other one I saw was Jumanji The Next Level. Yes. What did you think? It was really fun. Okay. Wasn't it, though? I, the biggest thing that I, w- I will say is that I said earlier off mic, I will agree with you, Devin. The Milo Eddie thing, <laughs> while interesting, I don't think should have been the main the main emotional crutch. I would more have liked to... Uh, if you want to hear more about what Tom and I thought about the movie, uh, listen to last week's... Uh, Tuesday episode. Tuesday episode, we kind of go into what we thought of the movie. So. Yep. Uh, yeah. Sorry, go on. No, no, thank you. But, yeah, I will definitely agree with that. I would have loved to have explored more of Spencer's just lost feeling and mm-hmm. his friends kind of saying, it's like, dude, talk to us. I would have loved to have seen that more. We did get some resolution of that, but I would have liked to have seen a lot more of it. Yeah. Because, let's be honest... I think all three of us have had a point in that in our lives where that hit. Yeah, absolutely. Like, and he and it would have been a great counterbalance from the fact that all of his friends have found stuff and he just felt lost. Exactly. Yeah. That very much should have been their main story. And whether they did that through their avatars or found a way to have that as the characters outside of the game doing that, which I think would have been a little bit more impactful. Um they needed to have more than just one scene dealing with that. And there's really like one scene in that entire movie that deals with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. And I, I think that's, and, but I will, I will 100% say that is the biggest problem I have with it. And yeah. pretty much my only problem with it yeah. because it, fe- it felt different even from the, the, the last movie. It, fe- it felt different. The character, like, a couple of them were like were in familiar kind of settings. The other ones were it, the mix of it was very appreciated, mm-hmm. and it did very well. And the actors they were did fun. They were having a lot yeah. of fun. Yeah. It is, Jack Black is still one of the best parts of this movie. I love that he he fully encapsulates whoever he's playing. Yeah. yeah, and they all felt separate and unique from each. He was literally, it felt like he was literally channeling those people, like one hundred percent, almost like he did character studies of them prior to this. And was like, okay, this is how I have to do this. Yeah. This I love, I love the Rock and Danny DeVito too. Yeah, <laughs> so good. Eh, eh, Jumanji. Who is that? Is that Bobber's kid? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kevin Hart did a great job as Danny Glover. And yes. I, I have to point out, uh. Aquafina, as dumb as the name is, Aquafina as um, Danny DeVito was perfect. Yes, like has the posture, has the mannerisms. Has it was the... kind of showing the teeth, though. Yeah, like, like 
You the, can tell that she did some work there. Yeah. All the actors did absolutely phenomenal job. And it goes back to like when when the 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 last Jumanji movie came out. If you can if you watch this and don't want to admit that Jack Black is a phenomenal actor, I don't know what to really what to tell you or to change your mind because that man in both these movies has shown an absolute talent He's that a, I that is usually yeah. suppressed for bro style humor. Yeah, he is one of those uh, comedic actors that is kind of... He's kind of a level above a lot of comedic actors he, nowadays. He, it honestly reminds me of old Chris Farley. Yeah. Yeah, like, he, he you, you you laugh at the physicality of the fat man, but then he's able to pull out these absolutely, like, wonderful acting bits. It's like, what? Wh- where are you from, man? Where are you coming from? And then in the, the back of your mind, you're like, and you're wasting that on stupid humor. Yeah. Just a little bit. Yeah. A little bit, but at the same time, like, he does such a good job with it. And yeah. that's the other, like, the physical humor in this movie was on point. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah the, absolutely. Like I said, the biggest problem I had with it, and honestly, almost the only problem I had with it, is that, yeah, the emotional crux should have been about Spencer and why he felt lost, and them coming a bit more together as a group. Yeah. Other than that, like, I would have been fine if the, the Milo Eddie thing had been a sideline without necessarily them arguing half the yeah. time. Yeah, they argue a little bit too, like they argue too much, and it a takes little too long, yeah. too much time that could have been, could have been used elsewhere. Yeah, it could have been devoted to the other characters or finding out how Brittany and uh, Alex get back Bethany. into the game. Bethany, Bethany, sorry. Yeah, get back into the game because it's just way, overlooked. By yeah. the way, slight spoiler warning. Who who else was shocked when she popped up as the horse? There is in a trailer. So I don't yeah, care. I didn't it. see that, dude. Yeah, when it when it was revealed in the trailer, I'm like. Okay, well, I'm still guaranteeing you that Aquafina Spencer, because <laughs> they show her in one shot in the trailer, and I'm like, I've seen a movie with her this year, and I'm now a fan of hers. <laughs> like I, I didn't see that trailer, thankfully. So yeah. when she popped up as the horse, I was like, "What?" Yeah, right. that was it. Was kind of awesome. I was able to have that moment where it's like she popped. She's a horse now. Yeah, I, I was very happy though seeing all of the characters brought back. Yeah. Well, it also says something about Alex that he was the situation explained. He was like, "Yeah, let's go get him." It's like that's like they don't really touch too, like you said, they kind of don't touch too much of that. Also, it was just me, or it seemed like Bethany still had a bit of a crush on him. Oh yeah, oh yeah, she does. So it's oh, like yeah. they don't explore like that. Yeah, like I wish they a little, a little bit more. I yeah. would have liked a little bit more with that. Yeah, but still, it's like he's a good guy because he still came in. It's like yeah. that's. You, that's real hard to do, considering that he knew he was trapped in there for so long. Yep, and now he's got the family and everything like so that. So he does have something pretty big to lose, but he also knows that it, it it was a... Yeah, I just wish a little bit more time had been spent on stuff like that. Yeah. That is my biggest criticism with it. I'm also... Otherwise, I'm really looking forward to... I'm guessing they're making a sequel. Um, which I'm fine with. I'm curious... Yeah, because it looks like they're going to jump back to what with, with the first Jumanji. Yeah, the yeah. end of the movie, I'm assuming... So we're going to go a little... We've talked about this a little bit, so I'm going to just drop a couple of relatively large spoilers. It's not Star Wars or anything, but it's Jumanji. Uh, the end of it, you see a bunch of things coming out of the game. The ostriches. I'm hoping that we have to deal with real people versus... Or real people and their avatars in the real world. That's what mm-hmm. I'm hoping. Because you saw the mom Stone and... Stone and Ruby Roundhouse and all them are, walk, are like walking the streets of the city with... And now they have to team up with their avatars. Kind of like in the first movie, we yeah. had Ben Pelt. Yeah, uh, I would. Love I would to see that. 
You know what? I can 100% agree, Devin. I would love, like, if they make it in that kind of vein, I yeah. think that if, because even with just these these two movies so far for the the, the new sequels, is that they, each one of them did something different. Uh-huh. Each one of them did something unique. Yeah. And the fact that then they're going to tr- basically cross the two with the with these two new ones with the, the old original. one. Yeah. And have that weird mesh because it's glitching. I think, yeah, I think that would be the best way. And honestly, if they ended it after that, yeah. it would honestly be a perfect quadrilogy. Like, yep. 100%. Because I think a good way to pay off him not feeling adequate would be someone like Bravestone sitting down and telling him, dude, you saved my ass. That kind of thing. And, like, kind of giving him some validation. Yeah. And that'll be a good way of paying off. And you story. know what? If they if they do go that route, and, and this is all speculation at this point, yeah. if they do go that route and have that, I would even be able to give a little bit less heat on this one yeah. for not exploring. If that was like the plan. Yeah. If that if it felt like that was the plan, if it plays out like that, I would have less heat for this. Yeah. And if at the end of three, four, I guess. Because there's going to be one. If At the end of, if you want to say this is three or four, it feels like they've had a plan since the beginning of episode one or two. Then, uh, a lot of it I can... I, I will say that that could lead into a segue line that is, at least someone has a roadmap for three movies. Right. And I feel like at this point, we should probably cross over to Star Wars. Well, yeah. real quick, um, my whole... Or not. <laughs> I, I apologize. <laughs> what I would love to see real quick is if we're going to go the route of tying into the original one again, is to actually maybe have the kids from the original... In this, that would, like uh, an older version, that would be interesting. But I feel like that might be a little bit too fan servicey. No, yeah. If even if it's, but even if it's just something as in like not necessarily a comes cameo. Yeah, like a cameo position, not as in like I'm coming in to help or whatever. Just the actors who played them, or like looking out appearance. the window, going, "Nope, <laughs> yep, <laughs> yes, something that, that, that would be fine as long as it doesn't end up as, "Hey, look at this guy who randomly showed up." Cool. They hand him something, and then the guy just disappears. That would no, no. I would, I would like if I would like if you kind of like had like a newscast and you're showing from various things, and one of them is one of the characters from the original. Just say nope, 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 nope. Or even if it's Carl, the guy who worked in the shoe factory, going, not again, not again. Yeah, that kind of thing. That'd be a cool cameo, but you can't have more than just a cameo. Oh yeah, no, I completely agree. Anyway, I pulled that name completely out of my ass. Carl, yeah, you remembered it. It's me, Alan. <laughs> I really enjoyed that movie. So I need to watch all three of them. It, it, yeah, anyways, like I said, it's been yeah. good so far. So yeah, now on to a trilogy that's kind of it's a trilogy that's fighting itself. Uh, so you know what? That's the best way you can phrase it. Yeah, uh, we're not going to go into spoilers. Um, the first half hour, kind of up for games. Kind of up a uh, few things. Hey, Palpatine's back. Uh, that's like the first thing you learn in the crawl. It's in all the trailers. It's on the posters. I do spoiler. like that you follow Kylo for the first five minutes or so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we're not going to go into too many spoilers. We don't want to go and see the movie. Uh, if you want us to do a spoiler review, let us know. Sure. Cool. It'd be great to have you. So, uh, first, overall, what did you think of the movie? Do we want to go with Tom? Because I got a feeling he's going to be the most des- most. Uh, yeah, negative. I feel like Tom's gonna Tom's gonna be uh, one side of the coin. Okay, so I actually enjoyed this movie. Okay. I'm wrong. <laughs> okay. The reason why I enjoyed this movie because it answers a lot of questions. Kind of. From the first two movies. Kind of, yeah. Kind of. I won't disagree. I won't agree, but... <laughs> it, 
gives us closure. Okay. Mm. Okay. Tries to. Sometimes. Oh, yeah. It, it attempts. It attempts. Yeah. Uh, it attempts. Uh, yeah. For the most part, I'll say it gives us closure. Yeah. Okay. Looking at it from the positive side, I enjoyed it. Was it a Star Wars film that I enjoyed watching? Yes. Was it my favorite Star Wars film? By no means was it my favorite Star Wars film. <laughs> was it my favorite of the trilogy? It's sliding in at second place right now, with Force Awakens being number one, and Last Jedi being dead last. Okay. I think that's going to be a common ranking. Okay. Probably. Maybe, uh, maybe not. Did maybe. I enjoy the way Adam Driver played his role in this? Hell yes. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think he did an amazing job as Kylo Ren in here. And... For what he was given, yeah. Yeah, for what he was given. If you don't agree with me, that's fair. You're in, you're entitled to have your wrong opinion. Whatever. <laughs> uh, just kidding, though. But really, though, like, I understand if you don't like the way he was, or the way he acted, or whatever for it. With what he was given, he did an awesome job. He, he is one of the few things I did. Or one of the few things that I truly liked in this movie. Um... Daisy Ridley, I think, also did a very good job with what she was given. Sure. Yeah, no, I will I will agree with that. And all the main stars, honestly. Yeah, really, uh Poe Dameron's my boy, hundred percent comes yeah. through. Loved Thank him you, in this Oscar movie. Isaac. Yep. Loved him in this movie. I think uh, the, tr- the trio was great. Yes. Um, I felt that there were definitely people who were underutilized again. And could we get an extended version of this? Let's LOT, let's Lord of the Ring the shit out of this and give us extended versions that actually gives us people being used as characters instead of being demoted to, as you said earlier off camera, uh, a, a walk-on character role, basically. Yeah, they're secondary characters, if they're that lucky. Yeah, yeah. like, Rose? Really? Come on. It's okay, um, but we have, uh, we have Dominic Monaghan in this movie. I mean, again, let's Lord of the Rings the shit out of this. I mean, yeah. <laughs> kind of interesting, but it's also, and this is gonna work. Uh, this is a phrase you're gonna hear a lot in the next like fifteen twenty minutes. Really convenient. Yeah. Yeah. We'll we'll get into that. Um, but that but that I'm just so gonna your, set, I'm gonna set that's that your, up. Your Positive. basic opinion. Basic opinion, and then yeah. one more thing I want to put into that is, uh, I got out of it what I was expecting from it. Okay. I guess that's really the best you can hope for. I mean, I wasn't going into it expecting the greatest Star Wars movies of, movie of all time. Will you be satisfied I, at the end? But I was satisfied with it at the end for what I was expecting this to finish up the trilogy, considering that while, yes, I enjoy this as a trilogy in general, and I absolutely love Star Wars, they stumbled. It was a shit show from the beginning. And they came out smelling a lot less like poo than I thought they would. Um, first, considering that they basically got shoved inside of a an outhouse or uh, a porta potty and tossed over a hill. That's uh, that's All an right. image I do not need in my head. Thank you very much, Tom. <laughs> You're welcome. And now I'm just note. thinking of a scene in Slumdog Millionaire. <laughs> I'm gonna stop before I start smelling it. But I mean, overall, though, like I said, it I got out of it what I was expecting. Visually, loved the movie. Oh yeah. Okay. It was so phenomenal. That's, that's what's, your, what's your rating, roughly? Just to uh, kind of gauge. About a 7. Okay. About a 7 out of 10. Okay. James? Hey, uh, a lot of what Tom said kind of hits home with me. I, 
I was definitely harsh on the sequel, uh, the the two sequel movies. If you want to know more about what we thought about Star Wars, watch the two episodes last week. Yeah, I yeah, was, I was exceedingly, I was, yeah, cool. that argument does. I drank a lot of coffee. Yeah, I was exceedingly <laughs> harsh on those, and I still am fairly, but I will, I will definitely agree. I was kind of enjoying it for the most part. It's, it's probably like for our list of like where Star Wars sits, it's probably about a good five or six on that list. Okay. Which is honestly pretty surprising. I think above a new hope even for me. So then I I have problems with a new hope. So it's definitely my favorite of the sequel trilogy, without a doubt. And I should stress that it's my favorite having only seen it the once. I do not know if I will like it nearly as much as seeing it the second time. Because yes, like Tom said, all the main characters with what they had, absolutely phenomenal job. Oscar Pine, I think his name was. Oscar Isaac. I I I'd say Pine. Chris Pine. Chris uh, Pine. Isaac. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Oscar Isaac, my favorite. He did an absolute like that is what Poe felt like should have been from the beginning. Throughout yeah. this entire throughout this entire movie. I I I was laughing the most, agreeing with everything that Poe Dameron said. It's like he like you said, he's my boy. He's my favorite so far. And you know, even all the other ones, it's like Finn. He always kind of he always got kind of the ball dropped on him. Yeah, yeah. He, for like a third time yeah. in a row. Yeah, and that's just like there's so much. I guess a, a friend a friend said this the best way is that it started off with so much potential. Yeah, they had a great setup. They had understandable things. Sure, a little bit of a retread, but whatever. And then instead of landing on solid granite, like landing landing their footing on solid granite, it was like in the shifting sands. Yep. And they've only just kind of got to gravel now with with this last one, which are a hell of a lot more solid than sand, but also still kind of shaky. But you can get flint out of it, which is important in Minecraft. But it's, again, I enjoyed it the first time through. I was laughing, and there was, but there was almost an equal amount of times I was rolling my eyes. Yeah. Because, again, wow, that's real convenient. Yeah. On the whole... I think, like Tom said, I think I can get about six and a half, seven. Okay. Pretty solid. Again, definitely my favorite of the sequels, but nowhere near the top. Mine. So I went into it not expecting much. You know, I. It was one of those that I'm like, I was expecting to enjoy it, so on, but. It took me about a minute into the movie, or not even. It was the opening crawl, and I'm like, that would have been great to see. Like, almost immediately, I'm like, I wish I saw that. And then they jump right into it. In the first half hour is a montage. And then, cool. So uh, that's what should have been the ending of Last Jedi. And then it continues, yeah. and it's nothing but fetch quest after fetch quest after fetch quest after fetch quest after, hey, I need to get here. Well, I know how to get there. Well, that's convenient. Uh, you're going to come with us? No, I'm not important enough in the story. You go. And then this happens, and this happens, and then this happens, and hey, I have the thing, I'm going to go there, and then never mind, I'm here now, because we need to have this scene that fixes Last Jedi, and then we go there, and then this scene fixes Last Jedi, so that's in the movie. This character has nothing to do here, sorry. And then this over here is, we need a way to get up there. Oh, uh, you remember this thing I told you about one minute ago that was like my most important thing ever? Here you go. Oh, okay. And it's just like, everything's just convenient. It's There's no stakes in this movie. Like, you think the stakes are high, but after they fake out kill three characters in a row, you're like, well, that's going to be easy. 
and it's just there's there's so many writing cruxes they use that I caught onto it immediately, and yep. I'm just like, oh my god. Oh, I, I was talking to my friend. Uh, like I went, I went after work with a friend, and we were both not really expecting much. And like five or six times, I turned and was like, oh, watch, this is gonna happen, and it happened. I yep. was like, Same here. yep, that that sounds about right. And I will. It has a problem that I felt I felt in the Last Jedi, along with other really could have been good movies, in that. They wanted plot to happen, so contrived a way to make the characters have the plot happen instead of letting the characters drive the plot. Yeah. The for plot example, drove. They need a, a way to get into C-3PO's head for some reason. And instead of going to the mechanic or the hacker that they established in the previous movie, either Rose or DJ DJ yeah. from Last Delta. Jedi, Which, they just go, yeah. screw it, let's have a marketing opportunity and bring in a tiny cute thing. It's like, oh, God. And a cool-looking thing that's the coolest-looking thing in the movie. But she doesn't do anything. Yeah. She's there to give something that is plot-like. Plot-like, we need to get up here and we need an excuse how we Which get there. Which I have never there heard of go. before, by the by. And then, yeah, they've never explained it. They never do it. They does it. She never mentions it again. Like, it's just, the movie is constant, like, coincidence, convenience, this happens. Overpowered... Force can now do this. It felt like this, a railroaded just, RPG. Yeah, it felt like I was watching a bunch of cinematics from an RPG instead of an actual movie. What it felt like was in the scene, opening scene for uh, Last Jedi, where BB-8 is trying to fix all the little, like, blown fuses inside Poe Dameron's ship to get the firing thing back on, and just goes, you know what, screw it, and pounds his head into it instead, so everything just works. Yeah. Like, and, that's what it feels like. The key, you know? Yeah, you yeah. know what? My ultimate score initially was a six, but the more I've thought about it, it's sliding down to like a four. Like, it's... Sure, yes, the visuals, great. I'm not going to ever say anything bad about Star Wars visuals. Some of the stuff in the prequels, whatever. Yeah, for but, in, those are instances, yeah. though, as a whole. But yeah, the, the visuals in this are great. Uh, the, the actors do what they can with what they're given. And they do, think, they do really well. I think yeah. Adam Driver was great. I think he was... Hands down, the best part of this movie, as far as actors go. I think the new toys they added, sure, they look cool. Dumbass Dio that just has a plot convenient thing that he could have mentioned earlier. Awesome. Would have been nice if he mentioned that right away when they were talking about the thing in front of him, but okay. Um, BB-8, cool. R2-D2 was in this movie. Uh, C-3PO actually does something in this movie, kind of. But And then they take back what the thing like, that happened. Yeah, and it's like, there's so many times where you think there is a stake or something. Like, this character dies, the next scene, never mind. Or this big, life-changing thing for something happens, the next scene, no, never mind. We've, and, we've said this before last just, time, in that yeah. it does not feel like that. I will I will ask again. <laughs> not not specifically to you, Tom, as, as an attack, but it's like, what are the consequences of the stuff that happened to the main characters? In this particular instance, nothing. Ain't nothing happened. I really can't think of a lasting consequence for any of the main care any of the main good guys, really. Yeah, I was gonna say. Like there's a couple here and there, but and obviously probably not, not much of a spoiler, but Leia's all of Leia's storyline was massively cut down from what it should have been. Yeah. I won't lie, not to yeah. go into spoilers, I did fairly like what they did with it. Yeah. I, I did I not I did not have too much dealt with her. 
Um, I like how they dealt with her. It didn't story feel line. like if I didn't know there were a few shoehorn things in with like you could tell her lines were then given to other characters. Right. Lando was the big one. He's <laughs> yeah. on the poster. He's not a spoiler. Well, the thing but, the, the the thing yeah. is is that if I hadn't, I mean, it would be impossible not to. But if I hadn't known that Carrie Fisher had died, I would not have been able to guess it. I right. I would a couple of times where I noticed. Well, yeah, but I would have been just like, "Wow, they cut her." I don't know. I hope she's feeling okay. If I didn't know, but other than that, no, they did a very, very well, yeah. good job. Of I that. noticed a few of the scene like seams on she's saying one thing, and obviously it was in a different scene. I noticed that a little bit, but I think they did a good job using old footage. Um, no, I am I am very, I, I was very impressed with how they did it. Yeah, but. I guess, like I said, it's just kind of the thing is, like, there were, I felt no lasting consequences to any of the good guys. And, yeah, the thing yeah. is, like, I get... I, I didn't I, feel any character change with anybody. I just right. gave it, I just gave it a 7 out of 10 for, the, but again, I will say this for the first time through. If I watch it again, I have a very big feeling that it'll drop down to a 4 or 5, like you, like you have it at, Devin. I want to watch it again, and I want it to go higher, but I don't think it will. And so, that's kind of what I'm afraid of, too. So for me, I don't think it's going to drop any lower than it already has. Um, that's perfectly fine. That's perfectly fine. Right. Uh, I would have liked to have seen, like I said, like we've all said earlier, a couple of characters actually utilized a little bit more. I would like to see Finn with more of a storyline. They do introduce a new new character, and I believe it's Jorah, Jonah, Jorah. Um, uh, whatever designation was. Uh, Zora, I believe. Yeah, Zori. Zori is Zori, the yeah. uh, Carrie, Carrie Russell's, Russell's character. character. I thought she looked cool. She didn't do a whole lot, yeah. but she looked cool. Then there's a new character play that is a stormtrooper that is introduced. The character itself is a cool concept. Well, we already have one of those. And it hasn't been properly utilized. Her scenes only replace what could have been Rose's scenes. Yeah, Janna. Jenna. Uh and the I big, have nothing against Rose. She wasn't the best character in Last Jedi because she was pro- improperly utilized. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and what's their solution? Uh, put her on the side. Put her in the corner. I'm put studying. Her in the corner. Well, yeah. So I think that had to do heavily with her reception by the fans. Well, they're also idiots. I'm not disagreeing in that fact, considering how. <laughs> Considering how together everybody is for Star Wars, you look at fans like most other fandoms. Star Wars fans are a close-knit group. And rabid. And they're insane people if you get on their bad side. Yeah. Uh, Which is a scary thing. This is the last week's episode. Um, Just saying. Right. Gotta Uh, hit sometimes. But at the same time, like, the way the fans treated her, especially in social media... Oh, they went way too far. That way... The fans treated her and Daisy Ridley. Yes, are unacceptable. Yeah. No, they went way too far. Unacceptable. Not liking them or the way they portrayed it, that's one thing, and that's kind of But personal. attacking them? No, that is that is far beyond the line. No. Okay. And I think, to play it safe, they downgraded Rose so she didn't get a whole lot of screen time, and they didn't have another negative thing from the fans, because if they didn't like it, it was going to... It was going to do bad things for the actors. I think, and I didn't want that to happen. Uh, you I nailed it. Did it. I think they did it for money. They they thought if if she was more in it, then that would hurt their backline. That that, that that may be the case too. But at the same time, I'm I'm hoping that it's more to protect the actors. I doubt I'm hoping, it. Though. I'm also anything. kind of expecting 
the thing is, this makes me like Last Jedi even less. I genuinely really liked uh, Force Awakens. I think yeah. just overall, it's a solid movie. It's pretty well done. It's it's not amazing, not great. It's not. It's not the worst start yeah, Star Wars it, has had it is for a trilogy. Still pretty well done. Right? Yeah, it's so not the say. worst start for a, for a trilogy. Um, no. And I'm like, it was pretty well done. This one very much is just a Return of the Jedi remake. There's so many parallels with Return. The of The best Jedi. thing is that Tom already said it. It felt safe. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it, it felt that, safe. That's to its detriment. The and, other. Yeah. The other thing that I would have um, liked to have seen more of because of the circumstances uh, involving Carrie Fisher would have been the utilization of Billy Lord, who plays uh, Lieutenant Connix. Yeah, she's her, in there, and yeah. yeah. Since she's like constantly with her through all three of the films, yeah, I would have liked to have seen her step up more as a important character. Yeah, as a potential like replacement. Kind, kind of like what I wish they did with Last Jedi, is at least have Holdo at somewhere right as a, like, a prominent character, like a uh, not Grand Moff Tarkin. Uh, the Mon Mothma. Like, yeah, have that her uh, kind of at that level, especially and, considering yeah, that Holdo and Leia were again outside of it. Yeah, supposedly uh, best friends. They were such good friends back in the day, yeah. and all that other jazz. They like, need who to, are you? Yeah, they need that kind of right. And in this one, the like I said, the big thing is it just felt safe, and. I mean, yeah, you, I think you both kind of brought it up. A couple of the things kind of change, or if we're going to be honest, retcon and stuff from the earlier movies. Yeah. And people have been bitching about those. But I will put forward the fact that Star Wars has always done that. How yeah. much in yeah. Return of the Jedi changes the circumstances for A New Hope and uh, Empire Strikes Back? Yeah. yeah. Let's be it's honest. It's not nearly as obvious, though. Right. This one... That I will at least uh, agree with one, to a certain extent. To me, it felt like... Force Awakens came in, and J.J. Abrams had all these cool toys that he wanted to play with. Uh, he had a bunch of new toys that he brings in. Darth Helmet with the, yeah, <laughs> the like action he, figures. He like has all these toys, and he has his knockoff versions of Rey and Poe, and they're just basically Luke and Han Solo, and Kylo Ren is just Darth Vader again, and he, right. Snoke is just Palpatine again. <laughs> and, you know, he's playing with them, and he, he makes a pretty decent story. Ryan Johnson comes in and goes, whoa, this is like the exact same thing that's already been done. Let's do something different. Comes up with this potentially interesting story. And then it's kind of thrown in a blender and messed up. J.J. Abrams comes back and goes, ah, my toys. Let's just put them all back the way they were. Let's remake his helmet. Let's, you know, revert that. No, she's actually like this now. This is what's going on. This character's not important. <coughs> Sorry. And then they go off and do their adventure, and it like everything that happens in Last Jedi not important. Hey, let's do a hold one over. Nah, that's like a one in a million shot. We can't do that. Oh, okay. It's right. Like, at least someone mentioned it. Right. But the other thing yeah. that I have to give credit to for this movie is we get to see as fans things that we've been wanting to see since. The vi certain video games have come out, things like that. And that's kind of the problem, as well as a couple of the good points, is that this very yeah. this very much felt like a it, giant bit of fan service to hopefully appease the masses. Well, what I'm getting at is not so much we're getting it to appease masses, but we're finally getting to see we get things to see that they've been force talking powers. about. One, the force powers. Yeah. But we also get to see something that has been talked and alluded to for so long 
and is finally seen. Um, involving the final fight and the location that it takes place in. Ah, okay. I see what you're getting Oh, you mean the the first planet they introduce in the movie? Yes. So, Exegol? Exegol. But, more specifically, more specifically, what it's, what's the significance of that planet? Yeah. Um, Because, again, I don't want to give it away for people who haven't seen this movie yet. Um, but then we also get a whole bunch of other planets randomly just thrown at us, like, "Hey, all these other planets are other things." And then, like, yeah, that was kind of know. weird and messed up. I at least when at least when it happened in Attack of the Clones, I got it. I yeah, understood you why you're like, kind of rapid. Like, here, it's just rapid fire. Here's this, 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 this. Is yeah, that's all. Like, yeah, or the Vengeance said, like, I understood why you're rapid fire because yeah, you're showing the bit of other everyone people other places. This is like skipping between different places and. Then you see a bunch of these other things. Yeah, now we're so. finding out about a whole new thing that has never happened mm-hmm. before in any form of Star Wars ever involving ships and light yeah. speed, which was yeah, the, what? Uh, that frustrated me. There are so many logic issues in this film. Yeah. It goes from like zero to 60 and like no light time speed. Flat. And yeah. then all of a sudden it's. <laughs> I see yeah. what And then all of a sudden it's like, uh, care about this character and then like next scene. And you have so many that they're about to have like a really emotional moment or you have like this deep, potentially a very big character moment and they just change to the next scene. Yeah. Three, th- three things I want to say. One, it felt like an extension of a lot of the problems Solo had. Yes. Yeah. Which is kind of the big thing. Two, you kind of mentioned it before, but the first half hour could later, literally have been the second half of last jedi a little more extended there's a moment about half an hour into the movie where i actually was like well there's the ending of the previous movie and they're like well we have our mission let's go roll credits like i'm like that would have been a perfect time for the ending of the last episode and it feels like jj abrams just couldn't take the fact that the previous movie happened and instead he had to rewrite the movie and be like this is the actual ending forget whatever we did in the last movie and the third thing I was going to say okay. is, and because they show up in the first half hour, I'm not going to care so much. I enjoyed Palpatine. I'm sorry. I hate yeah. the fact that he's back. Oh, I, I hate. I absolutely hate, despise yeah. that. I, I hate the fact that he's back. I Why bring back a character that was killed in such a definitive way? I absolutely yeah. despise that. On the other hand, he was glorious. Oh, yeah. Like I thought he. Looked, I thought he did a good job. I just. It they, feels he like should not they have been killed there. Snoke. So it's like, well, I guess we need. I need Snoke 2.0. Instead, instead of actually making Kylo the supreme leader and having to deal with those consequences, yeah. they just oh, uh, we need we need someone big and actually bad. We need an overarching villain that's going to cover all three of them. Why? You already have that. You have Kylo Ren. Yeah, and they they aren't to me. They didn't have the balls to push something like. Thank you. They didn't have the balls to actually do what they need to do. And Kylo Ren becoming the villain and being conflicted about it is just too hard to write, and they just didn't want to bother. At least they felt they felt it was too. The hard other to write. thing, the other thing is, is throughout everything, there's been this constant conflict for his character between light and dark. Yeah, and like all things, because we need resolution to be wrapped up nice and tidy, and to have comparisons to the other two trilogies. There's got to be some sort of catalyst for his possible redemption moment. Yeah, I don't think that's spoiling to say. No, I really I mean, don't. Uh, no, because there's we've every fan who's seen who's been following this trilogy thus far 
has been wondering when that redemption moment's going to come. Yeah, I would much have preferred if it never had popped up. In this particular way, I wish it hadn't have done, been done because I don't want Emperor Palpatine back. I loved the character. He was a great character for the first two trilogies. Fine. But we don't need him for the third trilogy. It was unnecessary. Yeah. Come up with something different. Come and up with honestly, yeah. as a whole, I kind of have to say that about the entire sequel trilogy. It felt unnecessary. We've ended up in a worse place than we were before it started. To me, after Force Awakens, I'm like, this could be really cool. This could be kind of interesting, new characters. I was hyped after Force Awakens. I would have loved it if it solely focused on Finn, Poe, Rey. And then I started thinking about more. And all of a sudden, it kind of like, well, why did this happen that way? It's like, why did they use Finn this way? I mean, he's from this. Why didn't it make sense? Why would it be like this? Why does Finn never have an issue with shooting a stormtrooper? He's happy. He's right out the gate. It's like, that's not right, dude. Yeah, you know where all these stormtroopers are coming from. Yeah, why I would expe- are you not having? I would have, I would have expected kind of like a handshaking pause and then like cringing as he did it. So yeah, it's like, like he uh, does not like Kylo it. Ren in Last Jedi not wanting to shoot Leia, and then them immediately pulling Leia back from dead. Um, yeah, I was, I was expecting that, and like having the whole, the the like cold the soldier. Hesitation. Why is that? So why does Finn not have that as a character? So. I own the book. I've never read the book, and I know it's not the movies. No, no, so, no. But that—that's perfectly fine. You um, are there is a small novella that covers like the origin stories for Finn, Ray, and Poe. Okay. Yeah. And in the Force Awakens, one of the characters shows up from that, and it's the one who has that weird Force baton thing. Oh, that, traitor! That yells at me, traitor! Yeah, the no, first best, time that best stormtrooper, storm, best stormtrooper ever. Yeah, double nines. The two of them were best friends going through training together. See, I would have loved that. I wanted to, him to take his mask off. Right. Like, I would have loved to have seen a good character moment. Have it show, and then and instead of instead of uh, Finn ba- being able to kind of do it, he's like, oh crap! Like seeing yeah. the consequence like, of I having to jump ship, or even having it to the point where something happens to the helmet where he has to remove it. Yeah, and then you, you go. It. Okay, it gives him a reason to remove it, other than where Poe did, it, or sorry, Finn did it because he was freaking out and having an hyperventilating, yeah, and having an anxiety attack. Because you hear Phasma come on and say, "Why is your helmet? Why'd you take your uh, helmet off, Trooper?" Yeah, obviously they don't take their helmets off unless they're off duty or given orders to do so. Yeah, so See, if they had fought a little bit and he hit him. In the helmet with a lightsaber, or a rock, and he, or something bad enough yeah, to like yeah, he bashed away down to a rock. And all of a sudden, you realize that these two know each other. That would have been a much better character moment, right? I think something I, like that. I honestly think the Finn. entire character of Finn was sadly improperly utilized. I think that it could have been like, the whole child soldier having to deal with jumping ship, which would also explain why he constantly wanted to run instead of actually fight. Yeah, because he was afraid of the big giant machine that tried to make him into something he yeah. wasn't. As well as not wanting to hurt people who he knows are in the exact same situation he was in. So it's like, yeah. I, I, there's so much more conflict that could have been resolved, that could have been explored with Finn, other than, oh, hey, we've got uh, kind of a Luke character because he's idealistic and doesn't really want to get involved. It's like, it, yeah. it felt like they tried to shoehorn into... Stereotypes. Yeah. The other thing that kills me about this is now that we've gotten to the end of this trilogy, where are they going from here? I don't even care so much about they that. They set it up to 
potentially be continued. And there's that. Yeah. But so the first movie, yeah, there were parts that definitely relied upon you reading some stuff. This one felt the second worse. one. Oh, yeah, the second one it got worse. This one is the absolute worst of the three. They don't give you any explanation about why this character's here, who the hell this character is. Well, the worst part is, like, there are ways to do that without making me feel lost. It's like, oh, okay, they know each other. Let's find out how that happened. Well, the biggest question, why the fuck was Lando Calrissian on the desert planet? And second of all, Doctor of Love. besides just that, who's Beaumont and why should we care? Who? Dominic Monaghan? Who's Beaumont and why should we care? Like, uh, the I'm guy who played Marietta Brandybuck in Lord of the Rings. That guy. He was random. He was yeah, in Lord of the Rings. He was Mary. No, I'm talking he about was in randomly. I'm not yeah, he was the... randomly one of the background people that's constantly there yeah. throughout the movie. Oh, wait a minute. He's I'm that Scottish sounding guy. Yeah. Yes. I'm guessing oh he God. took a lot of Leia's lines. Probably. Wait, you're shitting me. That's Mary? Yeah, that's yeah, Mary. That's Mary. Or oh, uh, Chart. Or Charlie, if you watch Lost. Yeah. He's the one with the great singing voice, right? Like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. He all, everybody. Anyway, uh, um, but the the thing is, though, like, I, I, we don't get to even, like, wh- who is he and why should we care? That says everything. I literally did not remember him. Yeah. Like, I, you're showing me his face. I'm like, who is that? I, yeah, I don't remember second, from the movie. The second he was on camera, I'm like, oh, cool. We're going to get a new character. I get to see him it do just, something more. Yeah. And then it's just background noise. I'm like, well, yeah, why I'm just did... like, okay, J.J. Abrams, do you just bring in Greg Grunberg, who plays Wexley uh, or whatever? Snap Wexley, yeah. Yeah. Who, by the way, in the Aftermath trilogy of books, they're primarily following his character. Yeah. So immediately so following the end of, them. like, what's going on with the original trilogy that brings us up to Force Awakens, he's a big character. He's, like, your primary character in that trilogy, from what I understand. At least he was in the first book. But what I'm saying is, is like, we see him in Force Awakens, and I'm like, as soon as they said his name, I'm like... I know who that character is because I read that book. And I'm Dead. like, this is awesome. Dead. <laughs> and I'm like, this is awesome. And then I see him getting utilized less and less. And I'm like, what? why? Why would you do that? It, this is the last time I say and We should probably wrap this up fairly, fairly shortly. It just goes to show that it's not just George Lucas that can ruin Star Wars. <laughs> I don't know. It... I enjoyed this for kind of what it was the first time around. I don't think I'll be able to enjoy it as much the second time and beyond. As a whole, the only... I'll, I'll flat out say this. Of the of the new Star Wars... Of the five new Star Wars movies we've got, the only one worth any amount of time to me is Rogue One. That's... That is... Like, every other one felt either unnecessary or a step backwards for the series as a whole. Rogue One is the only one I felt, yeah, we didn't need this, but you know what? It was so phenomenally done, I don't care. And the worst part was, it was done as fan service. Yeah. It's like, that. the The thing is that Rogue One should have been at the bottom in terms of how good it was for, the, for these movies. Not because it was bad, but because the rest were so much better. Yeah. And we, we it is the best to me. If that's the case, I'd like to see what happened with those, uh, um, Whatever they were, the Bothan spies. I want to know more about them. If that's the case, if you're going to do Apparently. offshoots from uh, crawls, give me the Bothan spies and give me. See, their I story. would love to see uh, Ember Palpatine's message to the universe and not have to play fucking Fortnite. Yeah, that's the weirdest crossover I've ever. heard. I would love to actually see that. 
where Emperor Palpatine blasts out his voice to the entire universe, galaxy, whatever, saying that they have a certain amount of time before his fleet of evil ships kills everybody. I would love to see that and not be like two sentences in an opening crawl. Yeah. Imagine all of a sudden, like, or Leia, Luke, all of them hearing uh, Emperor Palpatine's, Palpatine's voice, again. voice 40 years later. I would have been terrified. I would have loved to have seen Luke react to that, considering the bullshit he went with against the yeah. Emperor and the, at the end of her turn. Just like, give me Leia and her moment of PTSD. Because yeah. you know it's coming. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not, and the thing is, it's like, Give that's not bad. It's like, that's somebody's reaction to that. Imagine Finn's reaction to, like, the legendary Nazi commander calling back the troops. Or Orlando. Like, that would terrify the crap out of him. Orlando or Chewbacca? Yeah. Because like, Chewbacca saw his his best he's friend. Been, he's been with the Chewbacca gets kicked in the net so hard during this right, trilogy. Yeah. My God. Right? He, oh my God. That was such, I felt so bad at that moment. I'm not going to say it, but like, honestly, yeah. Right. The first sentence on that opening crawl, and this is the last thing I'm going to say. Speak. The dead speak. And I was like, well, yep, that's kind of what it says all about that. Kill the past, huh? <laughs> Over my fucking money. Yeah. <sighs> it, I'm disappointed. They had so much potential. They had they. It sounded like they had so much, and then everybody seemed to have dropped the ball, including the fans to a certain extent. And then I I don't know. I I, I just don't know anymore. I want. I'm tired of sequels. I'm tired of I'm tired of people beholding trying to make sequels in cinematic universes for fucking everything. See, I want standalones. I think I might have a new number eight on my list. This one is solid time for me. This one's solid at the bottom. It, it's Number not 11. the worst. I I still uh, attack the clones. Yeah, like I said, as as the first time through, I put out about a good five. If I watch it again, it'll probably join the other. Like it'll probably be above uh, Force Awakens and Last Jedi for me. But solidly at the bottom. And it was one of those that when I first saw it, I'm like, yeah, I kind of enjoyed that. And then I thought. Did I actually enjoy that? Yeah, the more I'm thinking on it, the, it the just, less I'm liking it. It's just like, there's so many holes in, not like plot holes, but just, I mean, yeah, there are a crap ton of plot holes. But, that's Star Wars, to be fair. Yeah. But it was one of those that's just, it hit a point where I'm like, I can't even pretend that that's not a problem. And I can't pretend that that makes any sense. I, I had too many moments. That character that said that this is the important thing to him I, I would had, just give that up. I had too I, many moments yeah. where I ground and rolled my eyes. There there were so many times where I'm like, oh Jesus, really? Yeah. But take the, that's take I, the route with consequences. There's yeah. Anyway. Conflict and consequences yeah. build interesting stories. My final thing on this is I agree with you, Devin. If this is going to be your last one of this trilogy, and it's the last one of the Skywalker story, let there be consequences for a change. Let us go out with the feeling of loss, but at the same time, closure, and maybe that touch of happiness because we get something cool out of it that also the other two trilogies had. had. The end of this movie felt like it was trying to be Endgame. The big climatic battle, a bunch of stuff, all the stuff going on, Maybe death, maybe stuff, 
and then all of a sudden and a bunch of stuff happens. Honestly, and I have like, and I got the same oh. problem with this that I had with Endgame. Endgame at least earned it. More than this. I will I will one hundred percent agree with that. But then I also had other problems with Endgame. Yeah. Yeah, to but... me, the the final battle of Endgame is one of those cinematic masterpiece moments of just It's a culmination. How the hell did this scene ever get made? The Plus the just the just Steve Rogers going Avenger, yeah. Avengers Assemble, yeah, the, in full thing like that was cap on your left, like that was that, yeah, yep, that, that felt moment great. is one of the best moments in film. There was a cheer, there Absolutely. was a cheer. I think that. that's like the best moment this entire year as far as film goes. Yeah, they, there was a there was a cheer, moment. there was a cheer in the in the theater easily. And but they tried the same thing. I didn't get it. They tried the same thing here. Yep, and they have a few cameos. And I'm sitting here, having watched all the movies, and went, what was that? <laughs> and it was such a useless cameo that it was just like, it felt, hey, hey, remember this character from 40 years ago? Well, uh, nope, okay, never mind. Yeah, I know. I was like, when I saw that, I'm like, <gasps> and then you never see him again. You never, yeah. They never do anything with it. They never pay anything off. They, yeah. they set so much up and never pay it off. They pay off stuff that Never had a setup. Like yeah. there's just all this kind of stuff that it was just such a sloppy it's ending. A series of, it's a series of moments. And, and uh but for know, me I, at this point, yeah. Star Wars consists of the prequel trilogy, Rogue One, and the original trilogy. And that's that's about it. To me, I enjoyed the movie, but it's frustrating. And yeah. no movie should be frustrating to watch and yet still somehow be at least at all enjoyable. Like if it's a it's a movie that's frustrating to watch, but is supposed to be frustrating to watch, cool, good. I've seen some movies that are not easy easy watches. They're ones that you always want the movie the captain. The captain just keeps getting worse and worse and more Nazi-ish, literally Nazi-ish. And then you always expect him to turn, but he never does. And that's the story is that not everyone's good. That movie is frustrating to watch. But that's the point. But that's the point. That's now also a sounds true story. That sounds interesting as hell. Too. It is a true. It is a damn good movie, but oof, is that a hard movie to watch? I can imagine. Something like Schindler's List, not an easy movie to watch. No. You know, something like that. On the other not hand, though, supposed to be an easy movie to watch. On the other hand, though, you know what's interesting? What, what's interesting about those movies? They have conflict. They have consequences, and as a result, are stimulating. Yeah, yeah. Whereas and this, I don't. They have conflicts. But they're not actually conflicts. They are and yet, set pieces. And yet they the are, original trilogy and the prequel, yeah. they had those conflicts. They had yeah. those consequences of people yeah. having to deal with it. You see Luke's reaction to someone being his father. <laughs> you don't see anyone's reaction. You see like, you see, hey, by the way, blank. And then it cuts to a new scene. You see, Or like in in the prequels when, when Obi-Wan is dealing with where Anakin's headed. Yeah. As a, it's like you see the anguish that man goes through. Yeah. Like, this reminds me of Game of Thrones. The, hey, by the way, uh, you're, by the way, you are actually a Targaryen. But, only say that through Bran and off screen. And then you never see anyone's reaction to this Jon Snow being potentially a Targaryen. Like, you never get that, that resolution because it never bothers. never matters. Yep. That's how this fits. This feels like the last season of Game of Thrones. And Game of Thrones did it better. And that is... From everything that is I've heard something. from people, that's sad. And it just feels like they had an ending and they couldn't figure out how to, a way to write a story around the ending they wanted to end it on. 
And instead of working with what they got and making a good ending and having like six or seven more revisions, they just went with whatever the hell was thrown. It felt like, and this will be the last thing I say, it felt like instead of an interesting, good story that people would talk about for years, because whatever you want to say, Star Wars has been talked about for generations at this point. Instead of that, they went with something that would ensure they could make another one. That's... I would love to see the remaining characters that made it out of this movie in a movie that does not have returning characters from the original series being the returning characters from the original series. I would love to see the however many survived this movie going forward and telling their goddamn story. It could be another trilogy, but focus solely on these characters and know where the fuck you're going. Don't write the first one and say, maybe we have ideas and then bring in a different one that doesn't follow your story. And that's, I don't know if Ryan Johnson's to blame. I don't know if they didn't have a damn roadmap. They tripped though. They tripped but hard. Last to Jedi. Have a coherent one, two, and three and not tie it somehow to a prophecy of something of a character from the past returning, make it a story. Don't need a big, bad villain. Make it these three doing their thing. You have Finn. Finn makes it out of the movie. Oh, surprise. Uh, Finn, who is an ex-stormtrooper, you can have him going to try to try to unbrainwash the rest of the stormtroopers. That's a story. You can have him not wanting to shoot a stormtrooper and getting shot by a stormtrooper that used to know him as a friend. There's a story. You don't just have him wander around and then fall, like completely into a, a group of stormtrooper like people that are no longer stormtroopers and then just don't do anything with that except they have a creepy ass line with Lando or um, Poe Dameron his past Poe Dameron up. has a you find he has a damn cool past yep why, I, why do you not make a Poe Dameron movie instead of making a goddamn Han Solo movie Poe Dameron sounds interesting Han Solo fuck. yeah he's so a cool character like he was he, 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 the way it turned out, he was underutilized in Force Awakens, and then he was badly utilized in yeah. Last Jedi. He came into he was he is what he should have been from the beginning yeah. in this movie, and, and I love his him. backstory. Sounds fascinating, but that's have him dealing with that or Ray. Ray's powerful. Ray has a bunch of stuff going for her. Ray's interesting if you use her right. She had moments of interest, but they didn't do it. And you can do something with her, remaking the Jedi Order, doing whatever. Do that as your story. Don't have it beholden to Luke. Don't have it beholden to Leia teaching her. Don't have any of that as a main storyline. Have the three of them driving the damn plot. And they could make a good trilogy if the three of them are the one driving this whole story based and on their driving character it. decisions, not just stumbling into the next mission. Have the three of them actively making decisions and going with the story. And it could be a fascinating trilogy. Yep. but they won't because they've already said this is the ending of the story and blah 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 they won't again go back on their word but no, they might. Uh, Kevin Feige and Kathleen Kennedy and George Lucas are working on something so that's a thing with Feige Marvel's Kevin Feige he helming this we're not going to get a rehash no we are going to get one of the I'm going to say Kevin Feige, he's not a director, he's not a writer. He is one of the best producers I have ever seen. Able to tangle all those webs together. That is an interesting Personally, possibility. I would have loved to have seen 
Kevin Feige. Like the same if you start from work start with the sequels. Pablo Hidalgo. Yes. To create Star Wars the way it should have been created. The sequels trilogy. I feel like they need to Star Wars cinematic universe and just pick different characters, tell their story, and tell how these people meet. Yes. And then have like a trilogy of those three characters or those four characters as a team doing something that's not world ending, not goddamn fucking battle stars with laser guns on them that can blow up planets. Thousand tiny deaths. If you would what like shit. And if you want a director for it, I nominate Dave Filoni. Dave Filoni. I'm going to say John Favreau. Yeah, John Favreau. Uh, I don't know the rest of the people from Mandalorian, but uh, I yeah. need to watch Mandalorian because I've heard nothing but good things. And I'm sorry I haven't watched it yet. It's okay. I'm Gareth Edwards. It time. Gareth Edwards. I he did great with give, some, give him something. He's working on something. Nice. Um, I'm looking forward to that. I already. would love to see Ryan Johnson do a trilogy that is his own style and characters, not beholden to like old characters. Do something right. his own. And he is. He has a trilogy planning in the works that it's him and his own story. That's fascinating. Right. So the reason why I bring up having Dave Filoni, Mike, uh, or uh, Kevin Feige, and uh, Pablo Hidalgo as being that crew yep. is because Pablo Hidalgo, the encyclopedia of Star Wars Incarnate, yep. uh, uh, Kevin Feige, because he is an amazing producer, and we saw that with all of the Marvel Cinematic Universe stuff, and Dave Filoni because he is the one who gave us Star Wars Rebels. And if you want to see an incredibly interesting show from beginning to end, and he knows how to tell a story and make everybody sit there on the edge of their seats throughout the entire thing, he is the guy for it. All right, then. So that's kind of our thoughts yeah. on uh, where we've ended up in the Star Wars universe. So that, that kind of leads to the fact that we don't have a show for the rest of the year. Uh, next week, we have stuff going on. We're not going to be... Recording, and by the time it would come out, it would be the new year. Anyway, yeah. yeah. So, so we're going to take a week or two off, um, just kind of prepare. We might upgrade maybe to video, maybe something interesting in the new year. But right now, we are taking a couple weeks off. Uh, so looking forward, um, there are a bunch of movies coming out this week, uh, the week of Christmas. There always are. Usually, yes. this is when you get a lot of Oscar stuff come out. Which is weird. In, Right at the end of the year, it's so it's everybody has time off to go. Voters. Everybody, that oh my to, god, really? Yep, that's why. No, that yeah. and everybody has time off from work usually oh to go god. see all these things. So you get a lot of the the Oscar ones. They're and, so yeah. cynical. Yeah, but uh, one of the big ones that if you come back and listen on Thursday, will be mentioned a bunch of times is 1917. Yes, I'm going to Sam Mendes World so War One movie, following, literally following. Two guys trying to rush to the front lines and deliver a message stop to, an ambush. to someone to stop an ambush or stop walking into an stop ambush. Stop an attack, yeah. All one shot with asterisks. Not actually one shot. Great editing. Um, I'm, I was already looking forward reviews. to reviews. Yeah, I, yeah. I love Sam Mendes as an actor. He's just really impressive to me. I also okay. love the fact that we're going we're going back to the World War One. Yeah, it's not World War II. It's yeah, I like the World War One aesthetic. I've yeah. been. Clamor if you can ask these guys, I've been talking about it for a while of oh, wanting yeah. to get a World War One movie again because there are so few of them. It's a war that America really didn't have a ton of a ton to do with, other than coming in and saying, "Hey, we're we're the big heroes." Um, 
even though we didn't really do yeah, American this cavalry. Is, this is the British army, so you get kind of a different take on it. Yeah, and uh, again, uh, this is where I've been asking for, and I would love to see something come from Spielberg and Hanks involving be this, yeah. just because of the work that they've done involving World War II stuff. Yeah, it, yeah. like I said, already I was kind of in, I, I was I was already wanting to see 19, 1917 and the fact that it's getting such glowing things and yeah. it's apparently all essentially one shot with video trickery. I'm even more. I'm even more. Why well, want to see this? And the yeah. cast is amazing for it. So, oh yeah, a really solid cast. Absolutely. Uh, the next one um, is called Uncut Gems. Uh, yes. It stars Adam Sandler, of mm-hmm. all people, and he plays basically a grifter that either is a gambler or is a con artist, and he's always trying to sell and get his next score. Mm-hmm. But the entire movie is him just, it's bad decision after bad decision. He messes something up. He does the next thing. He, he fails this. It's just, it's him spiraling. And he, uh, Adam Sandler is one of those that has done some damn good movies, Rain Over Me and so on. But this is one that's actually fully getting him Oscar talk. And that is fascinating that someone like Adam Sandler can be potentially a front runner. So um, I mean, that's weird. Uh, I recognize the director, but I, I can't remember where I'm known from. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of a, an odd one. Uh, if you're also interested, Cats is out there. And if you want to get really high and watch a movie that'll scare the crap out of you, Cats. Uh, Little Women, uh, directed by Greta Gerwig, starring Saoirse Ronan and Emma Watson and uh, a few. It's coming out. I'm looking forward to it. I love Saoirse Ronan. I think Greta, Greta Gerwig's a good director, but I'm not all that interested in the actual story. Uh, it's mostly for... It's actor. The House in the Prairie. Yeah, I'm interested in the actress. I'm interested in the director. Uh, I'm, I'm probably gonna, It's probably going to get a nomination for Best Picture. It's a remake, too, it. isn't it? Oh, yeah, it's been done multiple times. But starring... Or it's uh, following a writer who's writing about you know, kind of the weird situation she lives in. I yeah. I don't remember much about the story, but when it comes out, I'll give it a shot. Unless it's terrible reviews, which... All I know is the, the, the name of the little woman were used as the ghost from Ocarina of Time. Yep. <laughs> which is a weird... That's a weird thing to think of. I think I just broke Tom's brain. Tom I, just kind of I forgot about that. Yeah. Well, there's also the fact that the uh, in one of the in I think it's the Japanese version, the Carpenter Carpenter's Apprentices are named after the Beatles. Yeah, but um, no, I mean Little Women. I want to see that. Yeah, I, I want to see it. Um, it's been done a million and a half times, but solid cast, solid director. Yeah, All same right, director yeah. as Lady Bird, and same star. Um, also else? Spies in Disguise. If anyone wants to waste their time with an animated movie. Um, and then in, right in the new year before we'll be coming back, The Grudge and Just Mercy come out. The Grudge, another remake. What about movie. Mercy? Uh, Just Mercy is... Whew, uh, someone pull that storyline up. Uh, it's... I'm trying to remember. I think Jamie Just Fox Mercy, Brie Larson, Jamie Foxx. Uh, Just Mercy Shadows, world-renowned civil rights defense attorney Brian Stevenson. Oh. As he recounts his experiences and details the case of a condemned death row prisoner whom uh, he fought to free based okay. on a true story. Looks yeah. really good. Yeah. I want to go see it. I mean, uh, the, the cast has a ton of people that, even if you don't know them by name, you would recognize them from other things. Yeah, yeah I, I'm going to be one of those guys. I don't care. Yeah. If it does an Oscar nomination, I'll go and watch it, but it's not one that I'm clamoring to see. 
So. Doesn't, doesn't sound interesting to me. And then by the time the any other movies, um, Underwater is right around there with Kristen Stewart, and yeah. uh, which is another one that Miller looks interesting. And, yeah, it kind of looks like the Abyss or Alien, so it looks kind of fun. But uh, then by the time any other movies come, we'll be back. So, yep. and I'm sure I'm missing some. I feel like there's going to be like six or seven other Oscar like. Probably Oscar contenders right at the same time. Dolomite is my name just came out. So yeah. Eddie Murphy's new movie, but Alrighty then. Anyway, that's uh what we've seen this week. Uh Star Wars. Big discussion on Star Wars. Yep. And then what is coming out in the next few weeks. Uh tune in on Thursday. Uh if this gets released on Thursday, it might be a little bit weird because of Christmas. Thursday or Friday, one of the yeah, one of the it'll eventually come out. Um, but check it out Thursday. We're going to kind of go over what our favorites of the year were, uh, and then what movies we kind of predict are probably going to win best picture or best, every best category, except for the shorts. Cause who cares? The answers yeah. might surprise you. The answers might surprise some of you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's our show for today. Come back in a couple of, couple of days for next episode. And then we will be back in the new year. Take care, people. Bye. Go see movies.